0: Bring them out, bring them out, bring oh. them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the
1: back rail's in your mouth. Woo. The rocker, bring, them cash out, cash bring them out, bring them, them, them out. Bring them out. bring them out, bring them, bring them, up. them out. Bring them, them, them out, bring them up. Go go. Come come up. out. out. The championship run deep in our vein. The entertainment rolling real because it's all in the game. To us, you know, around the city doing it better than this. Just said that it is. You can look around who better than this. Nobody. team? The Blazers, the Knicks, the Wizards, the Clippers, the Patriots, the Cowboys, the Titans, the Chickens. U.S.C., Gamecock, Shamrock, know what it is. Man, Triple left a new podcast. Just join the game plan. Bring them out, bring them out. Bring them
0: out, Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast with your hosts Zay, Young Vander, and Bro J. Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed your Easter weekend. Got as much chocolate Easter eggs and bunnies and all that kind of good stuff that you can stand. Obviously, we're going to make sure that you get your week started out right. We are inching closer and closer to this year's draft. I believe we got a little less or right at about two weeks uh, for this year's draft. So, the main topics on today's show will be the draft. We'll kind of give a little bit of a prognosis of where a, several of those people may go as far as within the first, second, third round, things of that nature, and kind of go from there. Obviously, we have the news, and we bring it back an oldie but giddy, Rapid Fire 10. So, as always, I'm your favorite fantasy football fiends, eh? And I got my main man with me, Young Vanda. Holla at the people. Young Vanda? Fantasy fiends, what's
1: going on out there?
0: and the rookie extraordinaire bro joe holler at the people bro joe
1: what's going on fantasy fiend family all
0: right so let's hop right on into it with your news
2: and now your fantasy
0: news mostly speculation at this point but it's still fun to talk about right now there is a little bit of scuttlebutt going around that one mr colin kaepernick is being linked to the Carolina Panthers. Also, Baker Mayfield is currently being linked to the Carolina Panthers. So it looks like one way or another, Carolina is going to get them a quarterback to go along with Sam Darnold. And it doesn't look like the Cam Newton saga will continue. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they got a rookie quarterback as well, just to kind of make sure they cover all bases. But right now it's looking like there is a decision to be made between Colin Kaepernick and Baker Mayfield. Which direction would you guys go?
2: Neither. I would probably try to honestly, if I'm Carolina, I would try to maybe salvage my future of draft picks and go after the the more disgruntled quarterbacks. Kyler Murray, you know, just swing for the fences. Just go and give your future for one of these kind of guys it'd be the route i will probably take. If not, then draft a quarterback in this draft. But other than that, I mean, Baker Mayfield is not the answer. Colin Kaepernick is definitely not the answer. Sam Darnold is not the answer.
0: You think that that even with as down as this year is with the QB market, that even the guys in the draft would still you'd still be better off with those guys than with a, a Baker or a um, Colin Kaepernick or Sam Darnold or even Cam Newton?
2: For sure, because okay. in this draft, those guys in the draft may have higher ceilings. I already know what I'm getting with Cam. I already know what I'm getting with Cap. I already know what I'm getting with Baker. And I'm damn sure I already know what I'm getting with Sam Donald. You already know what you're getting. You know what I mean? So you, you know what's there. You know you know how high, how far they can take you. You know how good they can be. But in this draft, you got some guys with some potential that can maybe be the next guy. So I really take my chances on that. Or either salvage. like I say, take all your picks and then
1: go hard at one of these guys that's just crumbled somewhere else. I think at this point they're gonna have to take a shot at the future, or if not, see what they can salvage with You know, salvage with Sam Darnold because he is on that fifth year option. You know, take advantage of that. I mean, we'll get into it a little bit later about quarterbacks, but trying Baker, we've seen what Baker did. We've seen what what Colin has done. You have the offensive weapons. Either you're gonna try to make it work with what you got, or you bring in somebody and you tailor the offense to their skill sets to get your uh, skill players involved. We got a little bit of tight end news. A few guys have a, a few things
0: going on here. You got uh, Anthony Ferkser, who just signed with his old coach. He's in Atlanta now, so looks like is going to get a, a, another shot at being the tight end that we kind of thought that he might have been able to be. When Walker left the Titans and he was kind of given the, the keys to that position, it didn't quite work out. He was kind of getting over an injury, but uh, he's going back to the coach that kind of saw him in that spot. And he's going to a location that didn't really have very many pass catchers. So, Maybe this is a blessing in disguise for Ferkshire and for Atlanta. We also had Noah Fant who went ahead and signed his fifth year option. So Fant will be in the fold with Seattle now for a little bit to go here. So although we don't know who their quarterback is, we do know who their tight end of the present and possibly future is going to be. Um, There was a little bit of news about Travis DTN. He says that he's 85 to 90% healthy at this point in the game. So it looks like he's going to be trending towards being spot on come camp time, which is news based on the fact that James Robinson won't be quite ready to go. And this may be one of those cases where the guy that just happens to be there is the one that ends up with the most pull come season start, just because, you know, he knows the playbook, the coaches know him. We have a whole new staff in there, so it's no one's job just yet. So it's going to be kind of interesting, interesting to see how that running back spot works out for jacksonville do you guys are you guys leaning one way or another between etn and robinson or is it just going to be sort of a committee a one a one b sort of a deal going on in your mind
2: me personally i don't think james robinson's gonna be ready and for the
0: regular season or offseason
2: maybe for the regular season i'm not sure okay and what shape he's gonna come back in i know you know, um, surgeries has gotten better over the years, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's an Achilles injury, so there's really no timetable on that. Everybody's not going to be like uh, Marlon Mack or Kobe Bryant or whoever. You know what I'm saying? Whoever gets well, Isn't these, that
0: the same injury that um, Cam Akers had? It is, he but,
2: but I, he had Achilles as well, but everybody don't heal the same. True. Um, I got a, I got a report. I think I had a report made a couple of weeks back and said he was, like, kind of behind schedule. So um, mm. okay. that's one thing, you know what I mean? But – me personally, I think a name to be to pay attention to it may be Raquel Armstead because he'd be as the Taking next...
0: over or just another guy? No, just next...
2: be the guy that take over because I don't think ETN is a three-down back. Number one, okay. number two, okay. ETN was Myers' guy. So true. I'm not sure if ETN fits the mold of what Peterson wants to do. I think he'd be someone they can use. You know, maybe um, you know, get in space and have a place for him, but for him to be in the backfield for early downs, I don't think so. So I think Jackson will be either uh, Armstead will be the next guy up. Maybe somebody should pay attention deep in your dynasty
0: leagues or they probably go in the draft and find them a running back this year. Yeah, you could definitely find a running back in the draft as well. But Armstead is already there, to your point. Now, do do you think that I want to say, if I remember correctly, when Peterson was with the Eagles, wasn't that when Sproles was kind of doing his thing?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But.
0: Again, do you, do you see etn to be kind of like a Sproles, where he's never the guy, but he's the the third down back, and then yeah, every yeah, now and then when sure. they're you for know sure. behind maybe.
2: For sure, I can see that. I can see him being playing that role, but I mean, like we talking about goal line, we talking about first down, second down. You know, I don't see that for him. So right. that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I don't like, see
0: him in a goal line back for sure. Right. So he if Robinson is not
2: ready. Yeah, but yeah, I could see ET and Different playing the third down role.
0: We have news on some noteworthy wide receivers. First and foremost, we're going to go with the, I guess, the part that's the most fun. That's the speculation. Now, right now, there's some noteworthy wide receivers that have been said that they're going to miss camp unless they had a new contract. And we are talking about some dudes that are kind of, you know, rising to the rising to the top right now. We have Debo Samuel, AJ Brown, and Terry McCorn. They all want a new contract. And I don't know any of the teams that they happen to be on, maybe other than San Fran, because they they're, they're kind of unorthodox. Even with San Fran, like I I don't see these the, the teams that they're on being able to be a shell of themselves without that top tier wide receiver. You can get a replacement level guy, but you can't replace those three guys. So and, and, and not to mention the fact that none of those teams have stellar backups as far as wide receiver is concerned either. So they're kind of in a good spot as far as being able to kind of use their leverage and throw their weight around a little bit. Do you think all three of these guys are going to end up getting their contract situations worked out? Or do you think it's just going to end up being one of those, you know, I don't show up to camp and, you know, I'm disgruntled, but I'll be there to play come season start time. Like, where do you see this going?
2: I think Debo Sim is probably the most unlikely to get his contract because he already set a number the other guys are just looking to get paid debo said he wanted to be the highest paid non-quarterback so when you already set a number out there like that that's a whole that's a totally different ball game. Well,
0: he did change his number so okay. he, he gave a specific number he said he want 25. now just for context Tyreek hill is at 23. Devontae Adams is at 28. So he essentially wants to be right between who most of us would consider two of the best wide receivers in the game. The biggest difference, though, between a Devontae Adams, the Tyreek Hill, and a Debo Samuel is th- Tyreek Hill and Adams have been doing it for years.
2: I thought Tyreek like, was at 30. He,
0: he's at an average of 23 per year. Okay. So because you, I, I want to say his first year is still – a really low number based on where he was coming from. When you look at the average, I want to say it's over the next four you years. You sure about that? Um, yeah, I, I can't remember, I, I don't I don't remember who to give credit, but um, I saw that Adams was at 28, Tyreek was at, and this again is just an average now. The, the new contract itself may be higher, like at, at 30, like you were saying, but I think he still has like a year or two left prior to that extension start, if that makes sense. Okay, but yeah, he, but they're yeah. definitely getting paid, and he kind of wants to be if, if right up nah, there with those guys. Nah,
2: because I'm looking at this this list, and it says Tariq is an average of thirty, Adams twenty eight, D Hop twenty seven, and Stefan Diggs now at twenty four.
0: But that that's what that's his extension only though. If you look at the, I want to say he had a year or maybe, two, no, was it one year left he had on his contract?
2: And it was a low ball
0: number. That's the only reason the averages end up being a, a little bit funky in there.
2: Well, if he want to be at 25, he's still going to land that land between like a D-hop and a Stefan Diggs. He,
0: he wants to be the upper echelon of receivers. But even with those guys, everyone else that we're naming is people that did it for years. Ebo's only had one outlier year. That was this past year. He had pretty good seasons went on the field as Mm -hmm. far as production is concerned before but you can't stay hurt that often have one outlier year and then want to get paid like the tyreeks the adams and the hopkins of the world
2: yeah Um, i think think it's my humble opinion yeah dj moore just got paid mike williams just got paid chris godwin just got paid and all those guys just
0: got paid and all those
2: guys are sitting uh, chris curse at 18 but all those guys are sitting at, at 20. So if he thinks he getting 25, I think it's a little reach. So, again, he's the one that's probably more unlikely to get the money he's searching for. I think,
0: Or maybe he threw 25 out there the same way that we do in trades. I know you're not going to accept this, but maybe it'll make your counter a little bit more reasonable because I asked for so much in my original offer. That's kind of how I'm saying. I, I, I don't think he thinks that he can get 25, but he wants to get as damn near as close to that as he possibly can. And it also gives other teams that may be willing to jump that may be willing to pay him that 25 because he threw that number out there. It'll give him a little bit of standing with other teams should he be traded. Can't say they didn't know you know, what he said he wanted. He may be willing to get the 49ers a little bit of a discount, but he didn't already put it out there what he said he wanted. So this is going to end up being a very interesting offseason. NFL is kind of turning into the NBA. Like people are not playing about their money. Like it used to be a, oh, well, let me just play my contract. Oh, let me just, you know, shut up and play ball. Nah, yeah. I mean, now they're like, nah, I- I'm going to call your bluff. You need nah, me as much as sure. I need. It's,
2: it's definitely. It really turned into a player's thing. You know, the owners used to have the, the strong All arm, the which balance. they still do, you know, as far as franchise tagging and things of that nature. But now they're, they're kind of letting these guys do what they want. Another thing it kind of remind me of the Le'Veon Bell situation years ago you when know, he was going up for contract. Because, you know, a guy like Debo who runs the ball and catches the ball and they want to get paid a I little extra due mm-hmm. to their skill set. The same, thing, same thing like with Jimmy Graham when he was trying to get paid
0: like a wide receiver. Mike Gusecki you know I mean? is trying to get paid like a slot receiver right now. Yeah, so. Very interesting. To your point, people want to get paid for the work they do, not the label that you put on them. So if I have to do two jobs, it doesn't matter what other wide receivers are getting paid. I need to get paid like I'm a part-time running back and a full-time receiver. Or shit, half and half for Debo. I mean, you, you might play running back more than he plays wide receiver. Okay, let me play devil's advocate. Because you play running back, that makes you more likely to get hurt, which makes you less likely to be around. Which makes it less likely that I'm going to pay you, because hey, running backs don't get paid.
2: Right. He definitely don't want to be paid like a running back. Say that. So, <laughs>
0: so uh, unlike that tight end wide receiver combination, that wide receiver running back combination may actually be a deterrent from you getting paid, if you think about it. Yeah,
1: I think I think they'll find a way to get him close to that number, but I won't, I'm more curious if if the incentive part of it. Because I think a lot of it's going to come into incentives based on how many mm. games played, yeah. and injury.
0: I can see that. Are you, you going to take a deal point.
1: that's that's heavily based on that? Because to his point out how much Christian Kirk made, are you going to be willing to take that little, like you know, a little bit lesser, like you know, as far as annually, and then have the rest tacked on in incentives to come out to twenty five? I think that's the main question we got to see about that.
2: I mean, the two guys that has really messed up the market this year has been Tyrese Christian Kirk. Yeah. No, well, not really Tyreek because he's kind of like like you said, he's shown over time, but Christian yeah. Kirk and Deshaun Watson has really turned the market upside down. You know what I'm saying? Those two guys alone has, has really shaken up. That's why guys are like, hold up. This dude making what? Oh, no. I
0: got to get paid. And if you notice, one of the smartest guys in the room right now that nobody's talking about, Mr. Lamar Jackson, said he going to hold off a little bit. I will go ahead and get a contract done now that Watson got his because now you have another comparable when you're looking at, you know, what's your future versus what's your present or past type league. Then based on what Watson just got and based on what A-Rod got, Lamar Jackson should be sitting on a pretty nice number. And I don't know that the Ravens are in a position to, as any other quarterback, get get them as much much production as Lamar does, just because I don't know very many quarterbacks that can do what he does numbers-wise with those pieces around him. Other than tight end, everything else is just so-so. We'll see what J.K. does um, now that the injury is over. I really think that he can have definitely a stellar year. The reason why the running backs do so well is because they get to run the ball so much more um, than they probably would on either other team, even if they were one of two versus being one of three or something like that, just because of the the amount of touches that they get in this particular offense.
2: Just imagine Justin Herbert when he comes up.
0: Cause you oh, gotta yeah. Stand,
2: the number. Just oh, keeps yeah. Rising, rising. And, and those guys, are, you know, those young guys are coming up next. You know what I'm saying? So
0: Man, Joe Burrow, d- d- I about to say Joe Burrow, he's he already been to a Super Bowl. I mean, like <laughs> Herbert, he shows the promise. But Man. Burrow has already gotten you to the promised land. But like, yeah, you didn't it's quite cross silly. over. But you made it to the promised land. So I mean but and then you also gotta think too the, the, the salary cap is gonna continue to increase every year unless we god forbid have something else. COVID is the only thing that has in the history of the modern NFL kept the money from going up. Think about that for a second. Like like every year the money has gone up in the modern NFL, other than the two COVID years, and that's because there were no fans. You couldn't come to a damn game. So a lot of their money, you know, was affected. I, I can see some outrageous numbers kind of coming into play. And it's going to take a few players from other positions as well to kind of reset their market. It's a lot easier for a quarterback to say, Well, hell, if you don't pay me, I'm going to sit out and for you to panic, versus I can go get somebody off the street to play running back and fill in for you until you decide you want to get paid again. Or, you know, other positions like corner or like when you got Bill Belichick pulling people like Butler and JC Jackson off, off, of the, off of bagging groceries. Into being all pros, it's like, well, I can find one of you, so I'm I'm not going to pay you, and you can move on up the, you know, you can move on up the road. Somebody's going to have to bite that bullet to reset these other markets. Like, I really hate it for running backs because they're so vital, and they just get done dirty. Like. Dirty, dirty. Um, they wait for you to break and then say, "I can't pay you because you broke." And exactly. I just maybe that's a CBA type thing that needs to happen. Maybe there's certain positions that, as a rookie, you should get paid a little bit more because, in all honesty, like most running backs, their best years are behind them once they get <laughs> to their second contract. And you know, as a business person, I can't pay you for the next four years based on what you did in the first four or five. And if I get you in the first round, if you're like an Ezekiel Elliott type, I can get you for five years before I have to pay you. I don't see very many other teams doing what the Dallas Cowboys did, and that's just because Jerry Jones like to keep the, the guys that he draft. I don't know. It's, it, somebody's going to have to bite the bullet. Real,
2: real quick, real quick. I like what Lamar doing. It seems smart, but at the same time, don't, you know what I'm saying? I, I'm, I'm not chicken. sure what... <laughs> Yeah, like be, be mindful because the type of football that he plays, man, go ahead and get your money, man. That's Don't I said risk now another season. Washington,
0: yeah,
2: absolutely. Because yeah, he, he just had an injury, injury uh, season. Injury he he got injured season.
0: last – didn't he get injured last offseason as well? Like it wasn't even – didn't he tweak an ankle or something in the offseason? No, no, no. He was playing uh, football on a basketball court, and they was saying he could have gotten hurt. And he didn't yeah. have his new contract yet, so he's he's out there doing his thing. You know, you're gonna be out there like that, not in, you know, a plastic bubble. You better put something on paper, like at yeah. I rather really, really
2: go and ahead and get paid now because think about it. Like if he goes out there and get hurt again,
1: mm-hmm.
2: the number goes down now, Absolutely. and then they can franchise take you for two more years. Yep, and by that time. You're not you're not running that same speed no more, and your your game is built off athleticism, and now that has dwindled. So you become someone of old. You, you, you're the old you're the old Cunningham now. You know what I'm saying? The, my, the <laughs> Minnesota Viking Randall Cunningham. You know what I'm saying? Looking for a Randy Moss now, like because your your legs are not the same. So don't just go ahead and get your money, man. I, I just say go ahead and put yourself in between. Go ahead and negotiate somewhere between like a Mahomes. Maybe get a little bit between the Mahomes. Between Mahomes and and yeah just somewhere put me somewhere in there you know what i'm saying fully guarantee me i'm cool maybe what's that about 40
0: probably about 40, 40 well Ro- rogers is actually the highest paid right now at 50
2: okay so let me see something so it's about what 40 oh, he's probably at 43 ish okay. and my home's uh, at 45 josh allen at 43 put me, put me at 44 put me yeah, somewhere in there yeah, you know what i'm saying yeah. give me 44
0: maybe four and or five years and all honesty yeah. you're not better than josh allen I mean, keep it in but about I'll appease p- p- you. To I'll appease p- 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 yeah. you possibly just to you know get this done. But yeah, but you know you always go.
2: Down. Yeah, but you always go up. You know what I mean? True. Usually the ones, especially the
0: quarterback does. Yeah, and
2: they could put me a dollar more. You know what I'm saying? Just put me. In, <laughs> right. you know it's a
0: saying? respect thing. It ain't yeah, it, you right.
2: know. And is it fully guaranteed? It make pay me forty three million over the next five years, and when that we fully guaranteed that two hundred and some odd million, mm-hmm. and I'm set because I, I would think, hate to see him get hurt
1: i think the only thing is with him is a, an a counter argument to his like a, a high price like that unless he proves he's a better passer i don't think he can he can actually ask for that much money he might have to you know because if you look at it for example with that guy you know that the year before should have made a deal before he got hurt the, the year after i think he would have been entitled to way more money had he just taken a deal the year prior to the year after i think with like to your point, Jacksons to take this deal now, whatever it could be, and it probably in likelihood closer to Deshaun Watson. Because unless you can prove you're a better passer, because we already know what he can do on the ground, like you said, he takes so much physical abuse. That unless you improve as a better passer, I don't think you can ask somebody for forty million dollars. Maybe you shouldn't. He, but can, you he can, can get the forty. I he mean, can definitely exactly get it. He'll so. get it. Because <laughs> his argument will be,
0: well, nobody else can run like I can. I might not be able to pass like they can, but for four year offense, first of all. You're not paying a wide receiver that can go out and get the ball like their wide receivers can. Because everybody that we just named quarterback wise has at least one top notch wide receiver. Maybe Bateman gets Hollywood that
1: nigga Hollywood be wide as fuck open for whatever reason. (sighs) Lamar Jackson. Hollywood
0: is Hollywood is a one trick pony.
1: I, I don't, sort of don't, I don't the, see much of a route. Jesse with Mark uh, Andrews opening the end zone, and then he got his hands up, and then Lamar threw his hands up too, and ran with the ball. Like I, I'm not saying he he he's like we saw that 400 yard game he had last year. He went crazy one game, but I just feel like with his his skill set, like he he's gonna like I, I really think even monetary you can get him to two for a four year deal for 230 million, and yearly it don't come out that bad. I'm just saying he I don't think he's gonna break a bank, morph of 230 for four years or oh no like he, he won't reset the market he, he's he not definitely yeah
2: he, no he, he, won't he won't reset it but he definitely can get 40. i mean david card's oh yeah, got 40.
1: they'll find a way you right yeah david cards got 40. Way.
2: and and the thing that lamar you're gonna say yeah like like as they said yeah i can't throw like these guys but they can't run like me and also his win-loss record that is true. way better yeah, than these true. guys. i mean so he win games i mean so what else you want yeah 41 and 17
0: in a career i mean t higgins t higgins had labrum surgery yeah man. Uh, it looks to be insignificant but at the same time there really isn't a such thing as an insignificant surgery you you got it because something was Something was ailing you. So um hopefully that won't cause him, you know, to take a downturn, anything like that. According to the news, it shouldn't affect him even as far as camp is concerned. But just something to to look at. Um, you, you don't get surgeries for no reason, which is a great segue right over to Baker Mayfield. He's supposedly healthy at this point. Right now, it's yeah. looking like it's going to come down to uh, Seattle or the Panthers as far as Baker Mayfield's landing spot. I can also see Baker messing around and ending up in one of these spots where there's maybe an elder statesman, if you will, and they kind of need a better backup, kind of like um Indy type situation, or definitely Seattle. But th- there are a couple of teams where, you know, you just don't know what's going to happen with their current starter, Pittsburgh, even Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta would be perfect, in-, in my opinion, for Mayfield because we just don't know what's going to happen with Mariota. And even when he's not been the starting quarterback, he's gotten hurt almost every time he's got the opportunity to play, speaking towards um, Mariota. So I kind of think that that competition could bring out the best in both. And you'll kind of have the cream rise to the top in that sort of a situation. But Baker is looking to find a new home, and he is supposedly healthy at this point. Sammy Watkins signs with the Packers. It looks like as far as veterans are concerned, unless someone like a Landry or OBJ signs up to come on later on, it looks like Watkins is going to be the best of the vets for the Packers and then they're going to go the rookie route. We'll kind of see how that works out for the Packers. Uh, Somebody's going to be the guy there. We do know that. And we do know that they have a quarterback that can get whoever the guy is the ball. Maybe, just maybe, for as long as he can stay healthy. Sammy Watkins Could be a fantasy steal. And the reason I say a steal is because you don't even have to get him with the last pick of your draft, whether you're looking at dynasty or redraft. You can literally wait in the wings, you know, make a couple of trades, open up a roster spot, and just have him as a fill-in prior to game one or possibly prior to the preseason because if we see any type of relationship developing, I can see his price tomorrow not being what it is today. Although even then, I don't see it going up, but so much, why? Cause maybe it's still. That pretty much wraps up what we got for the news. We're going to go ahead and get into a oldie but goodie with Rapid Fire 10 where we have 10 quick questions, 10 quick answers. And my boy, Young Van is gonna hit us off that let's go ahead and get into that rapid fire 10. and now
1: rapid fire 10. 10 quick questions 10 quick answers all
2: right let's get straight into it man this person really want to know quick question they've been offered aaron Rodgers for trey lance this is a dynasty league Mm. keeper league what do you do in this situation do you take you keep trey lance or do you take aaron
0: Rodgers? I am going to. I'm going to keep Trey Lance. Uh, give, give me the young bull. For, for all we know, Aaron Rodgers may get a wild hair up his behind because he don't like his receivers anymore and retire next year. I don't know. Um, give, give me the young bull. Um, give me the guy that even though he didn't play well, put up damn near 20 fantasy points when he played. Yeah, I'll take that guy. Yeah,
2: I'm, I'm gonna keep Trey. Who has a better season, Derek Carr or Russell Wilson? I'm gonna go with Derek Carr.
1: God, wow, we agreed a lot today. I, I agree. I think Derek Carr is going <laughs> to do what he got to do. Everything, the writings on the wall. I think this last piece is all you need to know. He might throw for five thousand easy. I can see him throwing for five thousand, and he got touchdown makers between Waller and Adams, and then
0: <laughs> and, and now Renfro is the the third guy. Jacobs is <laughs> the fourth guy. Like like he, he can throw the ball to everybody on the field. And don't mess, don't mess around and get like a T.Y. Hilton or somebody as your second wide receiver out there.
2: I do think David Carr probably pushed for offensive player of the year this year. I can and see it. Speaking of David Carr, this person has a chance. They have David Carr, but they've been offered a trade in their draft. I guess there's a first, but the idea with the first is to take Malik Willis. So do you give up a chance of no. David Carr to no. go <laughs> up and take a Malik Willis in a league?
0: So this is the time I get to use one of those sayings that I like to say all the time: "A bird in the hand is worth two in the bush." Derek Carr, barring injury, is a bird in the hand. You hope, you hoping, wishing, and praying right along with everybody else that Malik turns into whatever. But Derek Carr just got better than what he, and he's already had a five thousand yard season, and his team just got better all the way around.
1: Yeah, I agree. (laughs) I,
0: I wouldn't do
2: that. Who do you draft first, Javonta Williams or Joe Mixon?
0: Ooh, oh Javante. Damn. I don't know about
2: that.
0: Though. <laughs> I ooh, that's so close. Ah, man. Um, I like both of them for the same exact reasons, honestly. Damn, I okay. My logic on this one is I'm going mixing. And, and the reason I'm going mixing is because I believe that the splash plays, his quarterback and wide receivers are more likely to do on a consistent basis, which will give him more shots in the red zone.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And Javante Williams, I think, is a better pure running back. You know how normally at the beginning of every year it takes Russell Wilson a, a, a couple of weeks, of, you know, two, three weeks to get acclimated. And then you're like, damn, I wish I had to trade it for him early while people thought he was going to be garbage this year. Like, I think that's still going to happen. There's going to be a, a, a storming period with them where he's not going to be as good as he could. And I believe that the Bengals are going to come out on all senators from game one.
1: Yeah, I think the only different thing for me is that Russell's already—you know—Russell ain't playing around. He already been throwing with his receivers for weeks. Like he already usually he'll do this around May or June. He'll get everybody together. He has been throwing with them now. And, and Joe's been hit with
0: his receivers for for over a year. A
1: couple of them for two years. So, but I think what I mean, what it, it lends to is like which which offense is more cons- will be more consistent. Exactly. The Bengals is like I think the Bengals have an explosive offense, but I, I know off the bat that the Broncos are going to be the most consistent and that they have so many wide receivers and so many ways to spread people, you know, spread the ball as far as vertically. That's going to leave Javante with more touchdown opportunities, in my personal opinion.
0: Uh, The only reason I don't see that is you got to think about how many touchdown opportunities. Mixon was a a top five rusher last year with a garbage O-line. They just replaced the entire O-line with Pro Mm. Bowlers. I mean, my God, if you were number five last year, and y'all y'all had all them touchdown opportunities last year. You have another year together and the line is better. I, I I don't see how they take a step backwards and there aren't gonna be very many offenses that can do better than they did. So I, I don't I don't know. But look, at least we find one we disagree on. Right. <laughs> really.
2: So does does cut does Cortland Sutton finish wide receiver two? I think Cortland
0: Sutton finished well, the answer, the quick answer to that is no, because I yeah, think he that's no. finishes
1: wide receiver one. I'm um, gonna say he, yes. Now that I thought about it. I think he gonna finish wide receiver two. I so that see. that must mean you have Judy pretty high there. Yeah, I just think it's you too have many do you, you have Judy or Sutton or Sutton over Judy.
0: It's Tim Patrick? Who, who do you have? Who do I'm you I'm to say,
1: like, it's too many mouths between Tim Patrick, Judy Hamler, and then that uh tight end they got over there. It's so okay you think none ocean. of them
0: are gonna be a wide receiver one day?
1: I think uh, Judy has the most upside to be the one out of all of them. Gotcha. Okay.
2: Yeah, I gotcha. think so. Me personally, I do too. All right, you got to keep two out of the four. Okay. We have Barkley, Miles Sanders, uh, David Montgomery, and Joe Mixon. Who should two I keep? Two out of the four.
0: Yeah. Uh that's easy for me. Oh, I'm
1: gonna let Montgomery you go first. Right. Mixon.
2: Yep. All right, this is a 12-team nine PPR league. What two do I keep? Pat Mahomes. Tyreek Hill, Jonathan Taylor, J.K. Dobbins.
0: You can only keep two? That's it. Give me Patrick Mahomes and Jonathan Taylor.
1: I'll take the same.
0: And the only reason I'm not going Tyreek is I I don't know what I don't know who Miami's quarterback is going to be after this year. It probably won't be Tua. I'm going to be kicking myself if it ends up being Tom Brady. But I just don't know what's going on with Tyreek in that offense and all that. It's a lot of variables there. Taylor is young. He's a stud. He just got a better quarterback. So I think that's going to help him out with the running situation. They already have a great line. And right. Patty is Patty. Come on.
2: This person says, is Travis Kelsey, still a first round pick. 12 team
1: redraft. Redraft. Absolutely. I agree. It's not the the top of the second. Like literally no lady in the third pick of the second. Okay, So
2: y'all still think he's a first-round pick?
0: If you look at him as just a pass catcher instead of even looking at him as a tight end, obviously he's the number one tight end. That's not saying much because he always dwarfs the tight end position. But if you look at him in comparison to wide receivers, he was a top pass catcher just in general. And now that Tyreek is gone, the amount of targets that he's going to get, in my opinion, should increase. So that should lead to, you know...
2: But he Two didn't finish number one. Well, he didn't finish number one this past year.
0: Who finished number one? He this did, past did took
2: year? a little dip this year in years compared. Um, Mark Andrews. Did he? Yeah, Mark Andrews is the I big missed dog that. this year. Yeah,
0: I missed that. Wow. Okay.
2: Yeah, I mean Travis had a pretty good season, but uh, Mark Andrews is a tad bit better. In
0: I mean, and, and that was that was in in both PPR and standard, or are you, you yeah. looking at standard? Yeah, both. In both? Okay.
2: Uh, um, both. He had more catches and more yards. They oh, had the same wow. I amount right, of time. I Yeah, they had the same amount of touchdowns, though.
0: How did I miss that? I I don't know how I missed that. That's weird. I don't know how I missed that. Probably because I didn't have Andrews anywhere as far as on my teams. My thought process would have been that, well, the pass catchers had to suffer when. uh, Remember,
2: Andrews went kind of bonkers even when Huntley came in. You remember?
0: Yeah, he was Huntley's guy. Yeah, I just thought about that. Yeah
2: so towards it, the end those of the season we
0: had that made him fantasy yeah. relevant it was because of andrews yeah right I think about that yeah you're right he went he went he's a better passer of the ball than lamar so that actually worked out better for andrews honestly mm-hmm. um i don't think he's a better quarterback don't hear what i'm not saying but he can he can get that ball out there so all
2: right this is a keeper league yeah. um can take three out of the five three, so out of can five, okay. three people is justin jefferson james robinson david montgomery josh allen and Cam Akers.
0: Give me Akers, Allen, and the first the first person that you Justin name, Jefferson. Jefferson. Jefferson, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, give me those three. I
2: got the same for that. So that means y'all like Cam over David Montgomery?
0: Yeah, I think a healthy Cam. Although Cam oh, has um, gotten, although he got that injury, we got to remember, um, David Montgomery had just as significant of an injury as well that kept him out for Just about a year. And if you're looking at just straight up talent wise, I believe that Cam's offense is going to put him in the red zone more than Chicago's offense is going to put them in the red zone. And I believe he's just more talented than Montgomery. And if they mess around and oh, and then oh, here's the other thing, too, that just came to mind when Montgomery was putting up the numbers that he was putting up, he didn't have a rushing quarterback. A lot of those, you know, dump offs that he used to get, he's not going to get anymore because Fields is going to take off and run his damn stuff. So yeah, g- give me, give me
1: the guy. But he that also has the see better running run.
2: but he also see better running lanes as well.
1: No, well, like, that's true. Uh, that's true. I was I was healthy, a, a healthy, Cam is is more explosive. He offers more to a team than David Montgomery. Also, Khalil Herbert. He's he's. I forgot about know, him. Yeah. He about the he he to me obviously he doesn't have the same skill set as Cohen as far as like when he was healthy at his best but he's definitely going to challenge Montgomery this year it's no question um, he's going to challenge him this year Montgomery's a yeah. great back I love him I I think he's a phenomenal back he was a great replacement for Forte but Acres is he's a specimen definitely get busy and we got to yes.
0: keep in mind there's a new coaching staff there so if you look at Khalil at his best and Montgomery at his best. It could mess around and end up being a 1A, 1B situation. And Montgomery might not necessarily be that heads and shoulders above guy anymore. We know Cam is the best in his backfield.
2: All right, last but not least, is kind of a two-part question. Do you take the 2022 11th pick for Travis e t uh, n which,
0: which pick was that again? I'm sorry.
2: The 11th in the first yep. pick, in the first round.
0: I'll take that. The 11th in the first round for ETN. <clears> hmm. <throat> So okay, so the question that I have to ask myself if if I'm making that type of a move, who do I expect to be there that may have his talent level, understanding that anybody can get injured? Barring injury again, who may be there at number eleven that I can definitively say is better than ETN? And for me in a PPR league, unless you're hurting at wide receiver, this might be the year to make that trade, but if if you need running backs, I, w- I would keep ETN because I don't know for sure that any of the running backs that'll be at the back end of the first have more talent than him. Maybe as much, but I don't know if they have more talent than him.
1: Yeah, I, I think off of value alone, I would probably consider it. Considering, like you said, if you were if, like like to your exact point, if you need a wide receiver, I definitely would pull the trigger on that because at 11th there will be value. But I think with ETN, I think. This year, he's going to be good, but I think his best year is going to be year three. He's going to be, I think he's going to be a phenomenal player. But if I need a wide receiver, I'm definitely taking
2: that. And the second part of that question is, they've been offered a 2023 first round pick for David Carr.
1: Oh, no, I ain't taking that. No. Carr, I'm about to go No, uh uh-uh.
0: You can't even touch the quarterback nowadays. Carr might be a quarterback for the next 10 years. He's gonna be a stud for minimally the next four. While while Adams is there,
2: all right. So that concludes our rapid fire ten.
1: Rapid fire ten. <laughs> I miss mishearing it. <laughs> all
0: right. So the rookie extraordinaire, Bro Joe, kind of has a treat set up for you guys today, as far as dynasty is concerned, and as far as people that just kind of want to be in the know. As far as rookies that are upcoming, so today we are going to go ahead and get started with our rookie breakdown. Um, we're going to take two positions today, and then two next week, right prior to the draft that'll be coming up. So today, I believe it's quarterback. Is it quarterback and running back, or quarterback and wide
1: receiver? We can run whichever. I thought we were going to do wide receivers tight end today, and then we was going wide to receiver do... tight. We could do we could do wide receiver tight end. Yeah, let's go with that. I want to preface everything because you know, I know we got a quite a huge audience, a lot of people out of the country. The draft itself really is going to dictate these people. We just want you to get familiar with the name. So whether you are in Dynasty or even when you're going to be in year round towards the end of the year, just like Zay said a few episodes ago, you just know where the value is when you get it to a certain pick. So that way, if you ever a stuck, you know, what I mean, like, oh, what i am going to do? What i am going to do? If you already have that knowledge we're going to give you today, we kind of make those decisions. And then also for people who are in Dynasty, obviously for us, the week after the draft, we go right to the Dynasty. I mean, uh, the draft. So it's really kind of cool that we get to kind of put all this to, to paper. Also, too, I always like to point out, especially with wide receivers, it's so simple. Like I hit on wide receivers a lot more frequently, but it's the easiest position to look at. So don't look at it like anything I'm doing is out of the ordinary. I literally look at YouTube, and because we all watch football so much, we know what these routes look like. We know what a savvy route runner looks like. We know what separation looks like. Don't look at the competition. Don't I don't look at like the score or the DB. I'm looking at the player himself. Same thing as the tight end. So wide receiver this year, starting it off, is one of those crops. And I've said it um, before, 2016. We had a crazy turnout with my, like Mike Evans. Cooks was in that draft. I forgot. It was so many good. We're all receivers in the 2016 draft. And I feel like I'm leaving out some. It's huge names. I, I'm feel so bad. But if I look up the 2016 draft, it was tons of talent. And I think this year is the same thing. I'm going to start off with Drake London. Drake London, USC, 6'4",
0: 219 pounds. Started his career at USC as a dual sport athlete with basketball as well. And before a broken ankle ended his season in October, London hauled in 88 receptions. For 1,084 yards, seven touchdowns in just eight games.
1: I like this guy. And I have him, I, I, I'm going to say one in 1A, one 1B. Um, Only thing is, is that obviously with injury, and this is one thing, is like you, I would like to see a full season because USC does, it's easy to play bully ball pretty much. That's that's my right. thing. Like, <laughs> True. So you can't really, but when you do look at him, he does remind me so much of Mike Evans, which is funny. I started off with that. I like his measurables, of course. To me, you can throw out the forty with him. He's just physical, and I like that he's more of a tactician. He doesn't show you the full route tree, but what, what he might be asked to do with the next level, he's going to certainly be uh, one of the first wide receivers taken. I don't have like Again, where he six, would go. Four, 219. That's yes. a big boy. Oh yeah.
0: <laughs> he might is he the biggest of the wide receivers?
1: Um, this? actually, no. I believe he is. He's not. Okay. Mm-mm. he's but i have the guy on my list though definitely but drake london to gotcha. me um it is a possibility because why because because this is such a defensive anchor draft it is certainly possible and within a range of outcomes he goes in the mid-20s but that's where most we're going to see most of these wide receivers go between the 15s and the 20s anyway gotcha. in the later ends of the draft garrett wilson became my number two okay um, so that's my second guy garrett
0: wilson that's ohio state six foot even 183 pounds. Wilson has outstanding body control, ball skills, and his dynamic after the catch. Quick, elusive 4-3-8 in this year's combine. And right now, for some, he is, just like you, one of the the top two, if not the top receiver. He had 70 catches for 1,058 yards and 12 touchdowns with a complete season of 2021.
1: You can just tell out of all the wide receivers, he is, to me, pro-ready right now. Is you can't really put a comp to him, and I I love that about him, and that's why I like the, the rest of these players is that you can't put a comp to him, but he does everything well. I like his presence more so in the red zone. Um, I think he's gonna really he's he's really a plug and play kind of guy. I can't speak to whether he'll be perennial or he'll pull a Jamar Chase, but his ceiling, in my personal opinion, he has the tools to be like a Jamar Chase kind of guy because even though he's fast, and we we just saw it, well, we now know that he's that fast. He's just good off the ball. Like he just, he's good with his releases. He got good at separation. He's good at allowing himself to be stacked. And also just, he just gets separation so quickly from defenders. I think he's great against man coverage at the NFL level. So I love him for that reason. So he's definitely my one B. So obviously they had to bump somebody down and that was uh, right. Traylon Burks. Cause he's obviously a okay. the number one wide receiver.
0: Traylon Burks from Arkansas, 6'2", 225. So he's a little shorter, a little bit bigger than Drake London. He ran a little bit of a slower 40 than expected at a 4-5-5, but he is able to reach top speed, so football speed, he's definitely there. And he finished 2021 with 66 receptions, 1,104 yards, 14 carries for 112 yards, and a total of 12 touchdowns.
1: I, I like Treylon a lot. To me, it's one of those things where just like I said, where Drake is just like Arkansas, it's more he was just the most dominant player in that conference. You could just, like it's the level to me personally, he just stacks way above people because he's so we're gonna use the word physical a lot with some of these bigger receivers, but this he reminds he's in between C D Lamb and Dez Bryant. Between him, like mm, he's just a push-off, okay. able to high point the ball. He just I love his presence. He dishes it out more so than he gets it. He's one of those riskier picks because I think certainly he'll still end up in the first to second round, but I can't go off his production because it's like – I'm not, not not saying schools matter, but you can do that at Arkansas, but at, when you go against even somebody on the Detroit Lions, you might get a, a, a particular outcome. You don't see like uh, anything really route savvy about him, so he's more so – he just he plays bully ball. That's a, you know another metaphor I use a lot. He's just one of those guys, but I do see him being able to grasp that at the next level, um, production wise, relative to like fantasy. It all depends on the t- with all these players, but specifically him, he'd have to go to a team where he'll be asked to be the guy, or he'll have a, he'll be a supporting cast member to a great receiver. If that makes sense, he
2: says yeah. um, he mimics his game after Debo Samuel. Really, somebody, so that's that's something probably. Yeah, interesting.
1: he got 14 carries. I
0: mean, no, nobody yeah. else was noted for carries, so I, I could see where that comes into play. Yeah, that makes
2: sense. So this is somebody he said he watches and idolizes and think his game is. You is, see uh, it too.
1: You see the stiff arms, everything. He just he punishes people. I I, I like that. I love <laughs> that about his game. Man. I love that about his game. He definitely, definitely one of those physical people. Yeah, I got Chris Olave next.
0: Yep. My guy, Ohio State. 6 foot, 187. I love this guy for fantasy. Olave creates easy separation. He's one of the most polished route runners in the year's draft class, and his speed and ability to track the ball well. He's also a weapon in the vertical passing game. He finished his career at Ohio State with 35 touchdowns, which is a record, and he averaged 15.4 yards per catch. So, Chris Olave, he's been doing it and doing it well for a long time.
1: Oh yeah, and he honestly that 40 really put him into the first like, I, it's hard to see him getting out of the first round like I said because of defense and stuff I think that might be the thing that might shift the draft is that you can put these top four these first five four receivers four or five receivers in the first but because of how defensively the offensive line is also so really good this year this is a, one of the few years offensive linemen you might see three come out within the first 15 so keep in mind just because we got them stacked this way and they fall to the second their value is still going to be as valuable just this year. Field position players and offensive line are that good. But Olave to me, he's he's such a savvy route runner, I, I think that's one thing I enjoy watching about him is just that he gets the route concept and he knows how to get to the ball. It's I don't I'm not calling him OBJ. But I mean, in a sense, like when we see OBJ run the routes like that, it's the most fluid. Like even though, like if, even if you're a general watcher, it's like, damn, that just smooth as hell. You get that f- that same feel with Olave a lot of the times. He just knows where he has to be. He gets there on time, and he burns people. He don't just go past them. He burns them on a routine basis. Yeah. I think he can help anyone in a given situation. Um, I, do I think he's a number one? No, but I think he's somebody you can put him as like a, a flanker. Or something like that, you know, on the same side of the tight end, a valuable number two. I think he can literally still put up a thousand yards and not be the best options on the team. But it's just you know know what he feels like to me. Yeah, he he feels like a Tyreek Hill replacement. (laughs) He does. I don't know if he'll be there at twenty nine because he just he's really he's like Ohio. I don't know what it is. They just. Yeah, all knocking out these wide receivers, man. They ain't they coming in ready to the NFL. Yeah. Right.
2: So I definitely well, don't, like don't, them. don't the Chiefs have more than one first round pick?
1: Yeah. But um I think the next guy we're going to talk about might go to the Chiefs, if not the one after that. Who you got up next, Joe? I have Calvin Austin up next. Memphis.
0: Yeah, he's he's a shorter guy, 5'8". 170 so he's a little you know a little light in the draws 5'8 <laughs> 170 calvin austin the third what you got on him
1: yeah Calvin Again, Austin, running back. Yeah, all,
0: he stood
1: out to me a lot after i ain't gonna lie. honestly after the combine but even too when i was looking at like the stats like towards the end of the year um he had 74 receptions for 1149 yards and eight touchdowns so this kid is a clear burner like that's we use the how can I articulate? Because if like it's it's hard to explain how crazy it is like we look at level of talent, but he plays so well above the level of talent he played. You can he could have went to any school and I think he would have similar production. Thing is, because he's only asked to do with so many things, he's a deep threat, obviously. Go routes, uh, deep posts. He really just that's all I've seen him do, to have, yeah, I would like to know more about his route tree. Obviously, the speed speaks for itself at a four three two. You know what you're asking this guy to do. Like, you would ask a Henry Rose, a Tyreek, like you just alluded to, any other fast, the Sean Jacksons of the world. You know what you're asking this guy to do. And I think for that reason, like, because of uh, where he stacks against these other receivers, he's someone that's going to go to a 29 where the Kansas City currently uh, sits, or someone in the middle of the second uh, round of the draft, or maybe I don't see him sl- slipping to the third. So he's going to have to go in the second. Uh-huh. And he's going to fit very well. His skill set, he can do it all. He can do the end of rounds, the running back, like you said, in the backfield. He's definitely one of those one-trick ponies, so to speak, in a good way, where he's going <laughs> to take the top off a defense. For sure, for sure. So that's going to lead me to my next guy uh, coming out of Penn State is uh, Jahan Dotson from Penn State.
0: Jahan Dotson, Penn State. uh 5'11", 178. Yeah, he was, uh, able to create separation, nuance route running, quick. He doesn't really have that top end speed, but kind of elusive. He's also a punt returner, so he, you know he has that skill set. Mm-hmm. He had 91 catches for 1182 yards, 12 touchdowns, so he was definitely used quite a bit.
1: I I love I love him. To me, when I look at him, I look at him similar to Devonte Smith. Like you said, a smaller guy, stature and build, but he's just a route tactician. Like he just he's very nuanced. He really is really good. You don't see him burning people, obviously, but he gets enough separations, and he's such a consistent uh, catcher of the ball that he's gonna make a way for it to happen. He's good at all three phases, like you know, short, intermediate, and long. And I think with him, I don't think you'll ask him him to be a number one receiver he might be a wide receiver three four teams being honest but i have to put him on this list because you never like we never know all this stuff is is variable somebody get hurt so you never know so i got uh jihad uh actually somebody might go second to third round i like him but we'll see where he goes my next guy christian watson
2: this is the one i got my eyes on
1: oh yeah this. me too bro me too all eyes no. on this guy man He was definitely a strong performer
0: at the Senior Bowl um, and at the Combine, I believe. What was his stats for the year? He had a a 4'3", 40, 11-foot, 4-inch broad jump. He averaged twenty point four yards per reception for his career mm-hmm. in college. Can do it all. He has the measurables. He has the size. He has the speed. Um, I mean, he's six four. Six, six four two.
2: Some people think. Some people say six five. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: He's another guy that's being compared to Debo Sam in this draft. There's about four. There's a couple guys, and he's one of them. He also. At North Dakota State, ran the ball a lot, you know, out of the backfield, things like that, even at that size. And also, I would say it'd be curious to see the 49 is in on this guy, not only because of Debo's Mm. contractual thing, but it'd be a reuniting with the quarterback, Mm. Trey Lance. And we've seen that a lot. You know, it's a copycat league. Yeah, Everybody's seen Joe Burrow and Chase Hadi. You know, everybody's going back to that. So. Don't be surprised if you see maybe a, a, a reuniting between the two guys in San Fran as well. What's your pick
0: situation looking like?
2: Oh, man. I think we don't have any early ones. Like the first one, you know, we salvaged that to get Trey. But, um, hey,
1: Joe, how long you think this dude will stick around? As far as it is, honestly, this is the thing with him. Um, he can go anywhere between the second round to the third round. Like, to do y'all, do y'all, have a second or third round pick there? Yeah. Yeah, I do. okay, okay. Because with North Dakota State, like just to what they were saying, they run the ball heavy. I think they had like eight people <laughs> with rushing stats this year. Like yeah, they run the ball so much. But I think with his upside, like you already said we already said the measurables, and that's what you, you love about him, is that this guy he, we had Megatron, then the comparison to Mapletron. This might be Galvatron. I don't know, but because if you look at <laughs> he's very tall, very uh strong wide receiver, high points the ball. But he's very raw. So his thing that's the thing. Like, And I feel it's almost like with, with the same thing with Calvin and Claypool is where it's like you're a big guy, you're a fast guy, a strong guy. But you're not asked to do a complete route tree because your team is asked to run the ball. And I think that's the thing with him that makes him like a wild card is that we haven't seen what he's capable of doing. He's going to definitely be one of those guys that's going to be a phenomenal talent at the next level. I see him going between the second and third round just because of those unknowns about his like his capability as far as route running.
0: Gotcha, gotcha,
1: gotcha. So my next guy is uh, Alex Pierce out of Cincinnati. I can't wait to talk about him. He's the, one of the few pro-ready guys that is ready to go right now. Yeah, Pierce is 6'3", 211. But I like to call him White Chocolate. This guy is a phenomenal guy. Phenomenal wide receiver. 6'3", 213. Ran a 4'4", 140. Um, as far as his, what he did last year, is 52 receptions for 884 yards and 8 touchdowns. And that's at 17 yards a clip. He he, he's ready. I, I will never call him a Cooper Cup. Okay. I wouldn't call him, uh, what's my guy with the Packers, my other, the other white chocolate? You said with the before Packers? Devontae. Oh, Re- Nelson. There we go. No, Jordy? Yeah, I wouldn't, he's in that same grain where I wouldn't be surprised in a few years where he'll be up there as far as Pro Bowl wide receiver. He offers a lot, and he can play all three. He can play the slot, X, Y, and I think he's going to be a valuable player at the next level. I see him sneaking into the first round because of his skill set, but if not early second, a team like the Packers really stood out. Somebody that would be a, a guy that can step in and really possibly be their number one wide receiver. I, I think he's definitely that ready, pro-ready to excel the next level. And then my little two notables is going to be uh, Tyquan Thornton and George uh, Pickens, obviously from Georgia, real quick. Tyquan was the
0: guy Thornton, you got mm-hmm. 6'2", 181
1: out of Baylor. Tyquan, uh, he was the guy who ran the fastest 40 at the four two eight. Like you said, 6'3", 218. His last year, he did uh, 62 receptions. For 948 yards and 10 touchdowns. He's an explosive you like utilitarian. Like you can use him in so many different ways. He's just, he, he just has a knack for the end zone. He's very, he he does everything well. His skill set is it ranges very well. And I don't like to keep putting people in the boxes, but we use Debo early in comparison. I think this is the closest, more closer to Debo, where he could do it all. Run in the backfield, catch outside. Um, he challenges obviously people across the middle, the deep third, he takes it, you can just spread him anywhere like where we thought Visca Chenault would be really good at the next level mm-hmm. he has that same upside and quickly I just want everybody to know he's already met with the Broncos and the Packers so that really goes to show okay. you low key people are like on this kid so I wouldn't be surprised if he goes between the second and third round he may slip to the fourth but like, I, like this like we said early to start the show don't we gotta see where they go to then take the next step of evaluation we just giving you guys some names and ideas who to look for when we go back and touch on who these guys are. So net, lastly, we have a George Pickens as a notable. With George Pickens out
0: of Georgia, 6'3", 195. His best season was actually his true freshman season when he hauled in 49 receptions for 727 yards and eight touchdowns. That was in 2019. He missed most of his past season with a torn ACL, uh, but he definitely has great hands, um, excellent body control, ended up with an unfortunate injury, but that may kind of put him in a situation where, where he goes to a better team, so he fantasy wise he may end up showing up before some of the other guys just because he'll probably be picked on the on the back end due to injury. And it's a guy that you didn't mention. I don't know if he's just not one of your guys or or what, but you didn't mention uh, Jamison Williams from Alabama, 6'2", 179. He's kind of in a similar situation to the Georgia kid where an injury in ACL specifically sidelined him. Um, But he does definitely have the talent. And I'm hoping that, you know, maybe he can slide on back to the Patriots.
1: Oh yeah, and just to touch on Williams a little bit because I like Williams, and when you look at Williams, even NFL is going to rate him as far as next gen stats really high. So they're just they're pretty much saying that he's like one of those dudes. My thing with Jamison Williams is similar to how I felt about Rugs, where it's like mm, I don't really think that it's you. It's just productive. It's just how the offense just flow to you. Because you saw like gotcha. Rugs, Rugs just went crazy, had all these yards and all this stuff, and then at the next level we saw him take a while to acclimate i think in a pro style offense when you ask jameson to do a little bit more i don't think he'll catch on you know year one to give anyone any significant value but it's not to say he's a bad wide receiver i think he's where he needs to be i saw like him getting better and working out and stuff like that i think he will be somebody that will likely be ready week one if not he might miss a few weeks but i love james though i can't get a twist i like james jameson but relative to um what we know now i just wanted to make sure we give guys that are closer to healthy um, yeah, boy. The first I look so with george pickens obviously again i'm a georgia guy so i get to see a lot more of him similar to another georgia guy that came here you see a lot of aj green and it's not with the arizona aj but i'm talking about in his heyday with cincinnati aj green This kid is just, he's just remarkable. He does everything well to good to well. I think he still needs a little bit more seasoning, but his pedigree, his and what he's his like what he brings to the game, you can see him excelling relatively quickly. He has a it factor with him where he just in pivotal moments he can make a play. He's he's really good at making the play. Like, and I think that's gonna transition for him well. Also, too, uh, before injury, he was probably one of the top wide receivers. So I think that's another thing that we have to evaluate because again, we're looking at a guy who might go somewhere between the third to fifth round. We already know when we get into the fifth. Round conversation. We've seen people obviously excel because we we, was, we got on the St. Brown train. But I do want to point out that the likelihood of him paying dividends is why I put him as a notable. But his he's he's definitely ready to go. He has upside. He has the measurables, and he is a good wide receiver. Not fairly polished because he has done with, dealt with injury. But he's really good.
0: So with tight ends, um, I know the, the main guy that most people had in mind is your, your, your boy from, from Colorado State, Trey McBride, 6'4", 246 pounds. What you got on this guy? Um, I know his stats from last year, 90 catches, 1,121 yards, and just a single touchdown, which is kind of interesting. Um, yeah. The lack of touchdowns last year, indicating that it shouldn't be much of a concern um, he had nine touchdowns on 74 receptions between 2018 and 2020, but maybe that's more the offense itself versus him. But he has wide receiver numbers and He's a big boy, so what you got on I'm, Trey McBride?
1: And I'm glad you pointed it out too, because he's just another one, just like the North Dakota State, where it's just they run the ball a ton. So he's not really asked to do anything, and he doesn't want a mobile quarterback. So many times, there's a lot of RPOs and stuff like that in the red zone, as opposed to giving him the ball. It's hard to evaluate him as a tight end, but for the sake of conversation. Uh, we do have to mention the tight ends today. It is hard to say how I look at him at the next level because he's in a similar boat where, with Harrison Bryant where he is one of the top tight ends coming out this year, but he's a team-needy person. So he has to go to a team that needs a tight end to really stand out because he does a little bit of everything. He blocks. Uh, he knows how to run routes. He knows how to catch. He does all those things particularly well, but he's strictly dependent, almost like a Kyle Pitts, how we knew he had to go to Atlanta. Hey McBride has to go to a tight end team to really give us the exposure that we'd want to draft him going into like year round. like that in dynasty. I would have to kind of put the pause and just put him at like a, like I said, like a Harrison Bryant where you'll know he's going to do, he's going to produce at the NFL level. But unless he goes to a team, we just don't know. And then the pivot, my next guy was uh, Jelani Woods from another team I like, Virginia.
0: And Jelani Woods, I believe that's the six six seven two fifty <laughs> totally. nine. Yeah, uh, yeah, Jelani Woods, Virginia.
1: He's one of those guys who was a riser in draft. Um, I think. He's He, again, similar, like, all the tight end position this year, which is going to be a big fade for us, depending on where to go. He's really needy to where he goes, but you love the height. and you, Obviously, you like the productivity of having eight collegiate touchdowns this year. He's one of those guys who are obviously going to be a huge focal point in the red zone. And on top of being 6'7", he ran a 4.61 at 6'7", 250 pounds. Like, that's huge, very impressive, somebody his height and size to do something like that. Um, the next level, he's a great blocker, which I like about him, so you'll know he'll see the field early, and he's, he's fucking nasty. He's really rugged. He like, to be like, he like to bully people, mush them up, but he's going to fight for yards. I think that's the main premise. He's going to fight for yards, but again, he is one of those people who have to go maybe like a Texans or something like that. He'd be mm-hmm. a great fit. Whereas he'll be a great inline blocker, but also can be physical. And my notable, he dra- he dropped down the board a lot is a uh, Jalen Watermeyer. That's my last guy for tight end.
0: Yeah, Watermeyer's the Texas A&M product, six four two fifty five. This guy is he's pretty quick for someone that big, and he's pretty decent on his routes, elusive after the catch. Uh, what you got on him?
1: He's def he fell a lot in the as far as the draft process. Um, we would I think he would have benefited at being one of those guys who ran the 40 as he stands now he reminds me a lot of njoku but i mean like not fourth year third fourth year joku i'm talking about rookie and he's very raw as far as a receiver he's a talented blocker so i think he's gonna go to it that's why like he's a notable but again in the right situation he might be somebody to take a flyer on in dynasty definitely not year uh, a redraft is it's, it's a definitely a wait and see with him i just like i said we, without having the proper measurables. To kind of back things up, because for for like in the offense that he played in, you would expect it a ton more production. I mean, a ton more. He had 515 yards, four touchdowns, 40 receptions. I probably would have liked to see 60 receptions, 700 yards. I think that's a great feat to have four touchdowns, but you would expect it a little bit more. But he's an exceptional blocker. He's going to go to a run blocking team. If he goes to a place like Jacksonville or something like that where he's going to be in competition to be needed to do more, if he could win out, he could be – he's going to be for free, so he's going to be worth a right, right. <laughs> in the draft.
0: The one guy that that I just want to kind of throw out there that's kind of on the radar, and I would probably butcher his last name, the young bull from UCLA, uh, Dolce. uh, I've heard a lot about him. I've heard a Um, lot about him. Athletic pass catcher. He's able to switch gears pretty quickly. 68 catches for 1,242 yards, which is the most yards of any tight end, and I want to say that tops the majority of the wide receivers that we've spoken of as well. Had 10 touchdowns. He averaged 18.3 Yards per catch, he he could actually, in my opinion, just depending on team need. Like you keep referring to with tight end, it's one of those fickle things where you might be the best tight end in the draft, but not the best tight end for what a particular team is looking to do at that position. So, but just all things being equal, I think he's one of the most talented tight ends in the, in the pool. But you guys definitely have a lot of information to process. Might want to hit the replay button and listen to the pod again so you can kind of pull out your pen and pad and go ahead and get ready to dominate your dynasties in those second and third rounds when people are you know, looking like, okay, who the hell are these names on the board right now? And you're like, yep, I heard about him. I heard about him. Let me grab him. Let me get him. And the next thing you know, two, three months into the season, when things start to come to fruition, it's like, oh, wow, I have several trade commodities on my bench that I can go do, put together whatever kind of package I want to. And I didn't even realize that just simply gathering those later picks and kind of having an idea of what I'm doing could be this fruitful. But that's why we're here. We're here to make sure that you guys make the best of the offseason. We'll be back to you on next Monday. We're going to talk about the quarterback and running back that are in this year's draft. And that'll lead us right into draft weekend, if I'm not mistaken. For those that don't have quickest turnaround on your dynasty leagues. When I say that, our draft is literally on that Sunday. So we would not be able to talk to you guys prior to our draft. So if your draft is like ours and it's like right after the NFL draft, then um that show that following Monday might not help quite as much. But for those of you that um you know push things out just a little bit, we're gonna let you know based on landing spot, which guys now have moved up the board that people may not have been thinking about. And again that's going to to help you position yourself for those later rounds in your draft both in dynasty and people to start to put on your radar for redraft as well for those you know last couple of picks because we always go upside with that versus getting just some guy that you hope to never have to start
1: this my favorite time of the year like i think we all here to make money or we here to win championships in our respective leagues have fun with the process and just know like you don't have to do all this strenuous stuff by watching the show, you're already ahead of most people. Because I like Bet. to do this stuff for you. And we like to talk about amongst ourselves, different players, and we like to share this information amongst one another. So you got to tune in because you got people who you know, are championship winners respectfully between Vander and Zay. And obviously, I like to sprinkle a little sauce on my teams with rookies. So we got three different outlooks on how this draft can go and what's going to benefit other teams. So you got to just tune in. And YouTube your best friend. Like I said, wide receiver is one of the easiest positions to kind of know because if you watch enough football, you already you already know what to look for as far as a receiver. So use what we share with you today, and then use your own opinion too, or be smart with your draft and stuff like that. And don't reach on anybody just because we put somebody in particular order. Wait till you see where they fall as far as an actual team to start making decisions.
0: I believe that about wraps it up for this week. We will see
1: you on next
0: week. We out. Bye.